Welcome to Blessed Mama Bosses Podcast, where we teach you every single thing you need to know about scaling to a multiple six-figure network marketing business and doing it in a fun, exciting, easy, strategic way using social media. I'm Blair Critch, a retired teacher, mom of two teen boys, wife of a recovering addict, woman going through ovarian cancer who went from bankruptcy to building multiple online businesses. Systems, strategies, organization, and goals are my jam. I am Kelly Hoover, a retired pharmaceutical rep, girl mom, brain tumor survivor, and social media ninja. By setting goals and creating action plans, I win big, and so can you. I am the connection queen and time planner of this duo. And why are we sharing? Because we know you've got things to do, mama. You want to go on trips with your kiddos. You want to be more present. You want to live your life with more purpose, and we got you covered. Let's dig in and become a blessed mama boss and do the dang thing. Hey there, blessed mama. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Are you hitting that snooze button way too often or reaching for multiple cups of coffee? Don't worry. We have you covered. Check out the system that Kelly and I both use to have all-day sustainable energy to help with our digestive health, sleep, as well as keeping your antioxidant health up. Listen, this is a premium lifestyle system. It's here to help you experience peak physical and mental levels. It is three simple steps every morning that's changed millions of lives, including Kelly and mine. So we want to make sure we help you as you are trying to build your business to six figures and beyond. As you're trying to help your family and others, we want to make sure that you're helping yourself. So reach out to us at blessedmamabosses at gmail.com with the subject line, free sample, and we'll get you set up with a free three-day sample. We want you to feel, look, and be your best. Hey there, Blessed Mama. We're so excited that you have joined us today on this special episode where I get to interview a really good friend of mine. This is Blair Critch, one half of Blessed Mama Bosses, and today is all about you. You are going to get to hear from Tara Renzi, who's the author of Be Who You Came to Be, but Tara is not only a keynote speaker, an author, a consultant, a positive lifestyle influencer, and she's certified in emotional intelligence intelligence, which you guys know I love, but she is on a mission to inspire others to be who they came to be. And here's the really cool thing. I'm friends with Tara. I have watched her walk the walk. We actually knew each other from Stella and Dot back in my days from Stella and Dot. And the biggest thing that I always noticed about Tara, actually two things, Tara. The first one was your confidence. You just walk in so much confidence and I freaking love it. And it's contagious. And then the second thing is you are so opening and welcoming. I can remember there were a lot of times at the selling dot functions. I just didn't feel like I fit in there. That was a big reason why I left the company and went to the health and wellness company that I'm with now. Um, But I never felt that way when you were in the room. You always made other people feel heard and seen and important. And I just think that's an amazing gift that you have. And so, and Tara's also a mama of two boys and she has an amazing life with her husband, Scott. And I love watching her with Ben and Jack and also with her dogs, Olive and Faux. Did I say that right? It's Fog. Fog. Fog Allen, if you're a a basketball Um, fan, Fog Allen was the first coach under James Naismith at KU who invented basketball. So that's so cool. I love that. Well, it's been so fun. And then tell me, remind me, what show were you on that you won? Was it the pyramid one? A hundred thousand dollar pyramid. 
Yes. You guys, you have to Google this. Tara was so smoking hot on that show. You looked gorgeous and you kicked butt on it. And it was so fun to watch that. So if you guys can, you guys can totally find it. Just Google it. You'll be able to find it. But that was so cool. So I asked Tara to be here today because I know our audience. I know you, mama. You're trying to balance it all. You're trying to be that successful woman and entrepreneur, but also be successful at being a mom and a wife and doing all the things. And so when I read, you know, what Tara wrote her book about, Be Who You Came to Be, that title, I thought I have to have her on this show. So Tara, let's start off with that right away with what does it mean to you, Be Who You Came to Be? Well, I think that we were all born predestined to do something absolutely extraordinary with our lives. You know, God created each one of us individually with authenticities and gifts. And it was actually my grandmother, my 87-year-old grandmother, who had the art of penmanship and she wrote lots of letters. And when I was in college, I would get a letter from her weekly. And the last letter that she wrote actually was to my infant son before she died And she wrote this, it was kind of a love letter almost. Like I've dreamt about you. I've thought about you. I couldn't imagine how beautiful of a baby you would be. And the last two sentences she wrote said, be who you came to be, love will guide you. And sometimes I tell the story and I just get choked up thinking about being a new mom, holding this baby and thinking, be who you came to be. Like, what are you going to, who are you going to become? Like that here's this little tiny baby and he already has it in him on who he's supposed to be and what he's supposed to do. And so it was a real guiding light in my life. One, in just from a parenting standpoint of guiding, but not forcing, you know, them to do things that I wanted them to do, but just letting them figure out who is it that you came to be. And then the more I worked with women, the more I talked to women about who did you come to be? And I think that especially when we come mothers, we feel like we lose a lot of who we are and maybe who we came to be because we put other people first. And that's not a bad thing because it's part of our life's mission is to be mothers. And there's something extraordinary about mothers in general. But, you know, and I I feel like Be Who You Came To Be is really a permission slip to grow, change, and evolve and to give yourself that space to know that you're never going to arrive. You're never going to get at a a pinnacle in life and be like, hey, this is it. I made it. I'm just going to coast from the rest of the way. You're always changing, evolving, and who you were is not who you came to be. And it's always this notion that the best is yet to come. So, you know, I think back, what if someone would have told me, be who you came to be when, you know, I was in middle school and realized I was terrible at sports (laughs) and I wanted to be in music and people were like, but music isn't where all the quote unquote cool kids are. And I was like, well, it's where I am. And then what if someone would have told you that coming out of college? You know, what if someone would have told you that when you had your first baby and then retirement and it just goes on and on. And it's a beautiful, it's a simple, but very thought provoking idea, be who you came to be. So I've studied it. I've talked about it. I've researched it. I've keynoted. I've just talked to hundreds and thousands of women and people. And it's why I decided to write the book so I could share that gift of, you know, allowing people to become the best version of themselves and to give themselves grace to be who they came to be. I love that. And we're going to dig more into that. But there was something that you said that I want to go back to, which is, you know, looking at your children and telling them, you know, be who you came to be. There is something you're predestined to do here and this greatness that's within you. How do you feel like you foster that in your children? Right. And share with everybody, how old are your boys now? So Ben is 14. He's an eighth grader and Jack is 12. He's a sixth grader. So, you know, it's hard. Like being a kid is it's, it's like a, being a kid is like the easiest thing and the hardest thing in the world. Right. They don't have any responsibility, but they're also like trying to figure out like, who am I and who do I like and what am I good at? And so, you know, I think 
compassion, love, and empathy are the number one things of being who you came to be, but also uh, giving them a clear mirror to understand what are they like? What are they good at? What are they not like? Versus just constantly, you know, showering them with accolades. And so one of the things I talk about in the book, and I actually talk about in my keynotes is teaching our kids from a young age to use a clear mirror to self-assess. And you can really start this at a very young age. Like I started my boys around kindergarten, first grade, and they would come off of a, a you know, a ball field and say, how did I do? And what do we normally say? We say, you are great. That was so awesome. Even if they were the, the worst, right? The worst kid on the team. And so I flipped the script from a young age and I would start saying, how do you think you did? And I would say it with a smile and confidence and love. And, you know, at first they would say, oh, I was awesome. And I would say, hey, you had some shining moments in the second inning. That pop fly you caught was amazing. But let's talk about the first inning, like what happened and really getting them to think about their performance and eliminating blame. And so they would say, the pitcher was terrible, wasn't he? And I'd say, I'm not talking about the pitcher, Ben. I'm talking about you in the batter's box. Like you can't control the pitcher. And then, you know, oh, well, I swung too high, but the umpire was terrible, right? I'm not talking about the umpire, Ben. And so we've done this with everything from, you know, I remember at one point in time, I had this giant, like huge pile of uh, crafts and art and all this stuff. And I was like, hey, we can't keep all this. So you need to go through and figure out what your best work is. And they know what their best work is. And so it's just that, and it gives them confidence, you know, when they know how they're performing, when they know how they show up and kids, they adapt to this from a young age and it's really helped them step into their own and be who they came to be. What do they like? What are they good at? Where do they need to work? Where do we have to spend some extra time? You know, even with their academics, some things have come easy, some things really haven't. And that's okay. It's not that they're terrible or not good, but it's about fostering their strengths so that they can really step into their own confidently and also be able to take constructive criticism and, and to know that, hey, you're not going to be for everyone. And that's also 100% okay. So good. Those are life lessons that will take them into adulthood, right? When you look around at the entitlement society that's gone on now, you know, if we can learn to take the criticism, if we can learn to reflect and change the things about ourselves, that will help everybody in, in so many different ways. But when you're talking about that, about, you know, the mirror exercise and eliminating blame, all I could think about is in our house, we love Jack Canfield's Success Principles book, and we've made our kids read the teen version of it. And anytime they try to blame somebody else, we always go, what's chapter one of Jack Canfield's book? And it's to take full responsibility for your own actions, right? And so that is a hard thing to be teaching all the time because it's so easy to want to blame the ref, to want to blame the other teammates, to want to blame the teacher, to want to blame, you know, the course outline or whatever. There's always something we could try to blame, but to take ownership over your part. Wow. What amazing husbands they will be one day because you're doing yes. that. I love that. And, and just colleagues and leaders. And, you know, yes. it's funny. I got a call from the principal a few years ago and Ben had gotten into the principal's office and she called and I was like, oh no, you know, it's a, it's the dreaded call that the parent gets. And so I answered and she said, well, first off, I want you to know that Ben's not in real, like he's not in big trouble, but we were having some issues. And so I brought him in. She's like, and I have to tell you, I've never brought a kid into my office and said, do you know why you're here? And he goes, oh yeah. <laughs> and he listed off the three things that he did. And she's like, and instantly she's like, I just didn't, I wasn't even angry. I didn't even want to like have to talk. Cause I was like, wow, I don't, I've never had a kid come in here and just self-assess and be like, I did this. I did this. I shouldn't have done that. I apologize. You know, <laughs> I was like, okay, well the, it's working. So that right. was like a shining parenting moment somehow of 
backhanded compliment, I guess. Totally is. That's amazing. <laughs> I love that. So you have this quote that I actually saw in an email that you put out today. So talk about divine timing. And I was like, we have to talk about this on the podcast today. The quote was, it's okay to change because one thing is certain, you will never arrive. We are always a work in progress. So what does that quote mean to you? And how can you help the women listening to know you know, how to continue that work of progress. I think that change is scary, especially as we age. For some reason, it makes us feel like if I'm changing my mind, did I not have it figured out? Or that we think that we should have all the answers and be set. And a lot of us were raised, especially, you know, if you're in your 40s, 50s, by parents who had one job, who had one life path. And, you know, the reason change is so scary is because we think that something is wrong or something isn't how it should be where it's not. I mean, it's all part of growing and evolving into the woman that you came to be. And, you know, I look back on my life and big changes are really hard. I mean, let's face it. It's hard to change your hair, right? (laughs) And you were just saying like, I'm trying to embrace the short hair, but I always had hair like this. And, you know, I joke that like a woman won't change your haircut with at least consulting three friends on should I cut my hair? Should I color my hair? Because change just in general. And when we're changing anything about ourselves, it's a lot. And I look back on my career and, you know, I say that never in a million years that I think I would go to college, like bust my butt in the corporate world, climb the ladder to be groomed for C-level success, have two kids and be like, oh wait, yeah, this is not who I came to be. Leave it all behind and start a direct sales business. And that was a really scary change because we're afraid of what other people are going to think. We're afraid, what if it doesn't work out? And I've come to learn that it not working out always works out. (laughs) Like If you think about things in your life that didn't work out, they worked out. And so you're never going to arrive. We're always a work in progress. And so when you're feeling, and I always say like, when you're starting to feel, you know, a little restless, a little complacent, that's usually a sign you're ready for change because you're ready for an up level. You're ready for something better. And it's not a bad thing. It's okay to change your mind, to change your hair, to change your politics, to change anything. Like that is a permission slip in life is you can change. And there's never a, an end where you're like, okay, this is it. I can't ever change again. So yeah, I love that. And I think a big part of women, especially is the comparison, right? The thief of all joy is comparison. And we all know that, but yet we still continue to do it time and time again. So I know that that's a big part of showing up for who you're really supposed to be, right? Becoming who you really came to be can only happen if you eliminate that. So how do you help women? And how do you share that with other women about eliminating comparison? Well, first off, you didn't come to be her. You didn't come to be more like somebody else. (laughs) You didn't come to live your life, to parent your kids, to have your marriage, to have your career. Like you didn't come to be her. So ultimately I would say if you're comparing yourself to someone and you feel really great, or you're comparing yourself to someone and you feel really bad, it's a total waste of exercise because you're benching yourself on someone else. And, And honestly, you have no idea what's truly going on. Talk to a few people. You'll realize behind the scenes, we're all a hot, beautiful mess. And we see all these highlight reels. I call it Insta glam and fake book. And, you know, if you follow me, I post a lot of great things. I try to have honest conversations too, but also nobody would want to go on Instagram and see the gnarly behind the scenes of everybody else's life. I mean, it's not good for the soul. You know, we want to be uplifted. We want to see joyful things. And the one thing that's worked for me and has worked for thousands of women that I've talked to and I get messages and they say, this piece of advice truly changed the way I show up, the way I think about other women. 
and that is to replace comparison with admiration. When we're comparing, we ignite feelings of insecurity. I'm not enough. Maybe I should be doing this. We suddenly think that we're not good enough. We're not smart enough. We're not pretty enough. We don't have it together. So comparison ignites, you know, a lot of insecurity. When we admire people, when we have this admiration, it actually ignites confidence. And we think, wow, look at her. That's amazing. Gosh, if she could do that, what could I do? I could do this or I can, you know, you feel unlimited. And so also we have to celebrate each other as women versus comparing and tearing down and all the things, the nasty things that, that go into that. But also I think, you know, comparison, you won't ever eliminate it because it's part of human nature. We love to compare. We compare shoes and clothes and movies and restaurants. And, you know, unfortunately, as as parents, we compare our children like, well, our oldest son wasn't like this. Or, you know, you have these these things. We have these little benchmarks. But I always say that the other thing about comparison is when you find yourself comparing something, it should also serve as a little light bulb of like, why do I care about that? Or what does that mean to me? Or what is it trying to tell me? And it's not, it doesn't have to be something negative. It's usually a reflection of ourself, of something that oftentimes we actually do admire. We admire in someone or something. So just be mindful of that and then shift that shade to light and you will accomplish amazing things when you just have that subtle mentally fit mindset to be like, ooh, I'm comparing. How do I shift that to admiration instead? I love that. I've never heard that before about shifting to admiration. And that's so good. It goes along with like one of the things that I do every day, which is my gratitudes. And when I'm feeling frustrated by somebody or upset at somebody, I do more gratitudes about that person. And then it totally changes my perspective and the way I think about them. So I love that. And then, you know, when you guys are in that moment of comparing and you turn it into admiration, send that person a message because I guarantee you every single person out there is suffering with the same thing comparing themselves to others or thinking they're not good enough. So what if you could just take a moment today to stop and encourage somebody else because you admire something they're doing, right? It could be an action. It could be who they are. It could be something that they've done now or in the past. So I love that. That really speaks to me. And then as we're like wrapping up this today, because one of the things we love to do for our listeners is keep it short so they can listen to this while they're getting ready in the morning or on their drive to work. But how can they find your book? And what do you think, because I'm sure you've had people, I haven't read it yet. I cannot wait to read that. But I'm sure you've had some people who've already pre-read it for you. Tell them where they can find your book, but also like, what is, do you feel like the biggest thing that people are going to get out of the book? So you can order the book on my website, tararenzi.com. You can follow me on Instagram at tararenzi. So, you know, the book has been a really interesting journey of really who I came to be. And as a keynote speaker, as a, a licensed, you know, certified emotional intelligence practitioner, I had this notion of, oh, I need a business book. I need like a thought provoking, you know, book that you find. And I tried to write that book for so many years and it was during the pandemic when my business really washed up because I was a keynote speaker and there weren't events. And mm-hmm. I had to really think, who did I come to be? And is this my calling and is this who I'm supposed to be? And so it was during that time I really had for the first time in my life, a hundred percent clarity on who I came to be and that I'm not going to be for everyone. And also that I didn't want to write a business book. <laughs> it's not who I am. I wanted to write a hardcover linen book with gold foil that was pretty that could serve as a coffee table that you could pick up and there's 
quotes from other, you know, brilliant people and heartfelt stories. And so I wrote that book. And I think that that's what I want everyone who gets this book is that one, it's, it's pretty enough that you're not going to throw it on a bookshelf and forget about it. Like you can put it on your coffee table. It's gorgeous and pick it up and say, Hey, I'm enough. I'm going to live the life that I desire that I deserve. And that's who I came to be. And so that's my mission with the book was that you know, just as I struggled to write this book, because I had this silly notion that to be a keynote speaker or an EQ practitioner, that I had to have this specific type of book. That's never how I was supposed to write. And it was interesting. As soon as I gave myself that permission to truly step into my authenticity and create the book that I desired, that I loved, it came together in a matter of months. So that's my wish for anyone who buys the book is that it gives you the confidence permission to go all in on you and to understand that life is hard and there's a lot of ups and downs, but how you show up and how you feel about yourself and the self-love and, and what you're pouring into yourself matters more than anything else. And it changes everything else around you. So I hope you get the book and I hope you love it. And I've been joking. I'm like, and if you don't really love it, it's going to look great on your coffee table with a candle. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, and as we're wrapping up, I always love to ask, what is your favorite book? So what is a book that inspires, motivates that you go back to often? That's really hard because, you know, I have a lot of books. I'm looking up here at my bookshelf. And I was driving home from the gym today. Mel Robbins has a new book out called The High Five Rule. Have you heard about this? And it's about how a high five can change your energy. And she also wrote The Five Second Rule, which is, have you read that book? Mm -hmm. So it's Count Back from Five. And, And I was thinking about this. I was like, here she's written two of the simplest books. And it's funny. It's like, how did you write a whole book about The Five Second Rule? And how did you write an entire book about The High Five Rule? But they are two things that I just come back to all the time. I mean, The Five Second Rule is one of those things that I use to be who I came to be. It's like, hey, I'm comparing five, four, three, two, one. Hey, I need to get out of bed. I need to go to the gym. I need to take five minutes to just go relax and step away from a situation. And so those two pieces of advice are the simplest yet have been the most thought provoking and something that I use daily. I don't necessarily pick the book up daily, although I have them sitting around and they've been very life-changing. Awesome. I love that. Those are great ones. I'm going to have to check out her new one. I didn't even know she had a new one. So here's the overview. Start giving high fives to people. Make a huge difference. Yeah, I totally agree with that. During the pandemic, one of the biggest things that I realized was that people weren't getting their normal encouragement, right? Because we weren't having meetings. We weren't having local events and, you know, parties and all these different things. And so I went on a mission during that time and even throughout my chemo every day to encourage one person. Just find one person either on my team or a customer or a friend or a family member that I could just send an encouragement to and just one a day. So it means you've, you know, reached 365 people at the end of the year. So I'm sure sometimes I've done the same person and I just don't know because I don't keep track, but (laughs) it's such a lifting thing for me. And I know it lifts them up too, but it also does a lot for me personally. So, well, Blair, you have the most beautiful heart and your story and what you do and how you pour into other people. I just, I admire you so much. And I want you to know woman to woman and everything you've been through, it's been a powerful journey to watch from afar and just your, your confidence and your commitment to others throughout all of it has just been really extraordinary to watch. And I just love you and shine light on you. Oh, thanks, all the way from Kansas. 
I know. I feel it. I love you. Thank you so much. It's so sweet. I appreciate it. And uh, if you guys go check out Tara, all of her information will be in the show notes. Everything about her book, about where to find her on social media, all that will be in there. Please do us a favor. Take a screenshot right now of this episode and tag Tara Renzi on Instagram at Tara Renzi. Tag at Bless Mama Bosses underscore. Let us know what you thought about today. Go to TaraRenzi.com, get the book, and maybe even get two and gift one to somebody else. Think about how that would be. I mean, what a great Christmas gift. It's gorgeous, like Tara said. So when I go to purchase one, I need to do that this week. I'm going to purchase two, one for myself, and then I'm going to save it and see who God tells me I need to give it to for Christmas this year. Because that is such a beautiful gift to give somebody to really show up authentically in who they are supposed to be. So Tara, thank you so much for joining us. And thanks, everybody, for listening in. Have a great day. Make it a great day for others, guys. Bye. Bye. You are not alone. We hear from you all the time that you want to scale your network marketing business to six figures and beyond, but you just don't know how. Well, guess what? Yes, we have a solution for you. Grab the Network Marketing Accelerator course and take your profitable business to your dream business, everything you dreamed of. This course has everything you need to scale your business online. Let's go have some fun and make some money. You can grab the course at Blessed Mama Bosses Courses. We'll see you inside.